is Fantasy Fiction Friday. That means it's time for an escape break with author DK Drake. This is the part of the show where author DK Drake, aka your host Bonnie Jean Shaper, reads you a snippet of one of her stories. She's been stuck at the start line of her next novel for years and is on a quest to reconnect with her characters and reignite her creativity so she can get back into writing action. She is thus reading through her novels out loud three chapters at a time. Since she's reading out loud anyway, she's recording her reading sessions and sharing her stories with you. So if you're intrigued by a world where dragons exist and people live for hundreds of years, stay tuned for a show designed for sheer entertainment purposes. Still here? Fantastic. Prepare for adventure, for you are now entering the land of Xandador. Hello, hello, author DK Drake here, coming at you with chapters 1, 2, and 3 of The Dragon Collector. Let's get started! Chapter 1, Second String, three weeks after the escape of Esmeralda. Javen paced the sideline of the football field behind the coach, decked out in full practice gear and holding the helmet he hadn't yet needed. Practice will be over any minute, and Coach Benton still hadn't given him a chance to play. The short, stocky coach with the buzzed hair and tight shorts blew his loud whistle. That's it, boys. We're done for the day. I don't want to see your ugly faces back here until Monday morning. One more play, Coach, Javen said, darting in front of the man. Put me in at quarterback. Let me show you what I can do. Maybe next time. Javen grit his teeth and watched the coach walk away. How was he supposed to prove himself if he never got the chance? Why do you even bother? Gavin, the starting quarterback, snatched Javen's helmet. You sat the bench all last year because I'm too good to ever come out of the game, and you have no hope of playing this year either. If you're so good, why are you still playing JV? Javen knew that would irritate the bully. Gavin hadn't been allowed to try out for varsity because he missed too many conditioning practices in June and July. I'm needed here because you were too pathetic. Look at you. You've been lifting weights all summer and you're still skinnier than a skeleton. My leanness makes me agile. He feigned confidence, even though he didn't much like his lanky frame or the lousy skin that came with it. His pale skin always burned, never tanned, and his face seemed to stay in a state of perpetual acne breakout. The only cool feature about him was his ragged jet-black hair that dangled just above his intentionally boring brown eyes, covered the tips of his ears, and brushed the back of his neck. You'll never be able to replace me. I can outthink, outrun, and outthrow you any day, any place, any time. Doubtful, but I wasn't just referring to football. I know you have a crush on my girlfriend. Javen's face flushed at the mention of Julianne. He had been trying to impress her since sixth grade. She liked athletes. She was the reason he needed to be good at football. All the other sports he had attempted to master had ended in epic failures. This is your warning to stay away from her. She deserves a star like me, not an invisible second stringer like you. The words stung, mostly because Javen knew they were true. If he revealed the true color of his eyes, though, he certainly wouldn't be invisible any longer. No, he thought, shaking the idea out of his head. He'd rather be a background geek than a front and center freak any day. Give me my helmet. He reclaimed his football helmet, traded it for his bike helmet, and pedaled the five back road miles home as fast as he could go. Chapter 2. The Unexpected Guests The August heat in Montana wasn't brutal, but it was hot enough to have him drenched in sweat by the time he rode under the iron arches of the Rickman family ranch. This was the place he called home, but even here he was a second-place kid. One thing. That's all he wanted. One thing he was great at. One thing he was better at than everyone else. One thing that made him stand out. One thing that made him important. One thing that made him someone. 
sighing at the futility of such a dream, he bypassed the main house and rode straight to the barn. He propped his bike against the building when the same eerie feeling he had on his seventh birthday washed over him. He looked around, certain he was being watched, but watched by something he couldn't see. Nonsense. He shook the feeling away and entered the barn. The sight of the black stallion eased the frustration that had been building up all morning. Good to see you, buddy. I hope you're ready to go for a long ride. We've got a lot to talk about. He reached for the latch on the stall door, but was stopped by the sound of a text message. Need you at the house. That's Mama Sandra. He rubbed his horse's neck. Better not ignore her. We'll ride later. Storm snorted his displeasure. I'm not thrilled either, but it does give us a chance to show off our newest trick. He unlatched the door and led Storm to the front of the barn. Stay here until I get inside, then wait for me by the back porch. Don't move until you hear me whistle. You remember what to do, right? Storm shot Javen that wicked horse's smile only Javen would recognize. Made and batted his head up and down. Good boy. Javen laughed and began the short trek to the house, still convinced he was being watched. Mama Sandra? Javen found her in the kitchen, chopping tomatoes for a big bowl of salad. She was sniffling, and her plump cheeks were stained with tears. Are you okay? Oh, Javen! A new flood of waterworks gushed from her eyes. She dropped the knife and shuffled over to hug him. Don't mind me, she said, squeezing him. These are happy, sad tears. You only cry happy, sad tears when you have to say goodbye to one of the foster kids. And that didn't happen unless the judge ordered it. He didn't recall any recent family court cases. Had he been so consumed with football that he lost track of the house happenings? Who has to go home? Norman or Ahala? These are my happiest, saddest tears of all. She placed her warm hands on his cheeks. These tears are for you. His knees buckled and he grabbed onto Mama Sandra's arms to keep from falling. You mean... Yes, dear. She's here. Your mother is here. You want to meet her? No. I mean, yes. I mean, I don't know. What if she doesn't like me? You're her son. She loves you. But she tossed me aside for fifteen years. A touch of anger helped him regain his ability to stand on his own. Maybe you should go find out why. Yeah, he nodded. I guess I should. With her arm around his shoulders, Mama Sandra led him into the living room and introduced him to a woman sitting on the couch. Javen, this is Esmeralda, your mother. Esmeralda, this is Javen. Esmeralda wore a yellow sundress and stood as they approached. She was a touch shorter than his five-six height and had the same black hair as him. Only hers was braided, slung over her shoulder, and hung just past her waist. With her perfectly tanned skin and angelic complexion, she didn't appear to be a day over twenty, making her entirely too young to be his mother. But something about her penetrating blue eyes made him believe she was much older than she looked. Hi. Nice to meet you. He lifted his hand and offered a wimpy wave. I'm going to let you all get acquainted. Mama Sandra wiped her eyes and left the room. Silence followed her exit as Esmeralda and Javen stared at one another. Why wasn't she saying anything? Why couldn't he remember any of the ten trillion questions he wanted to ask her? How did he know this was actually his mother? After what seemed like an eternity, a vaguely familiar voice ended the stare down. Just say hello and tell the kid why we're here. We need to get on our way. Moments matter. Javen turned to find an old man in a button-down beige shirt, brown pants, and leather boots standing beside him. He was a good six, six inches taller than Javen and hid a wild batch of white hair under a black cowboy hat. Hey! Javen snapped his fingers. I know you. You once gave me a triangle rock for my birthday. <laughs> Don't say that around Skylark. She will be extremely offended if you refer to one of her scales as a rock. 
who is Skylark? And who are you? And Skylark is my dragon. A Noonstalker, to be exact. Right. He took a step back. Your dragon. His mother shoved the old man and spoke for the first time. I told you not to mention anything about, to him about our dimension. I didn't. He didn't know it was a dragon scale until just now. True story, Javen said, supporting the old man. But I still don't know who you are. The name's Kenton. I'm your great-great-great-grandfather. Okay, these people were definitely delusional. He needed to get away. Fast. I, um, I'm gonna see if the salad is ready. Wait! His mother grabbed his wrist. When I said goodbye to you the night you were born, you had the most beautiful emerald eyes. You're hiding them now, though. How? Javen's mouth went dry. If she knew about his eyes, she really was his mother. You can tell her all about the wonders of contacts later, Kenton said. Right now we need to get going. You, young man, are the last of the Collector Bloodline and the only hope the people of Dragons of Xandador have left. The Collector Bloodline? Dragons? Xandor, what? He put his fingers in his mouth and whistled, hoping it was loud enough for Storm to hear. You're not making any sense, so I think it's time for me and my horse to go. He was about to whistle again when the back door flung open and Storm charged in. Javen used the couch as a springboard and jumped onto the rearing horse. Rather than have him show off his trick and open the front door as well, Javen turned Storm around, trampled past a yelling Mama Sandra, and rode bareback toward the hills. Chapter 3 Lightning and Smoke Unbelievable! Pushing the horse as fast as he could get him to go along the river that ran through the ranch nestled near the foothills of the Columbia Mountains, Javen shouted his frustration to his best friend. I hope I haven't waited my whole life for those crazies. That man put one too many greats in front of Grandfather to sound sane. And if anything, that girl is my sister, not my mom. There's no way she's old enough to have a 15-year-old son. She knew about his eyes, though. He'd hated his eyes since he was three, and the kids in preschool wouldn't play with him because of his scary eyes. So he wore Papa Tim's dark sunglasses everywhere he went. That had lasted about a week. The only way Mama Sandra could convince him to take off the shades was to get him colored contact lenses. His eyes had been a boring brown ever since. Mammy Esmeralda had been one of the preschoolers in his class. Maybe that's how she knew about his eyes. Still, that didn't explain why she showed up today, claiming to be his mother. Storm, if they were my family, I'm better off not knowing where I came from and would rather run away with you. Let's ride! He prodded the horse with his heels, encouraging Storm to quicken his already fast pace. Soon, they would be off the ranch property and into the mountains. He knew the area well. He could easily hide over the weekend. He would return on Monday and hope the visitors were gone. Or he could just stay lost, start over somewhere else, new high school, new football team, new girls. The no-money thing could prove to be a problem when he and his horse got hungry and needed a place to stay, though. We'll figure something out, Storm. Just keep right... Whoa! What is that? Storm didn't care to stick around to find out. He stopped in his tracks and reared back, throwing Javen onto the bank of the river at the sight of the giant gray scaly creature with pointy wings and a spike on the top of his massive head lurking in the water ahead of them. By the time Javen stopped himself from rolling into the cold river water, Storm was gone. The creature remained. Javen's initial inclination was to describe it as a dragon, but he wasn't insane. Dragons didn't exist. Whatever this creature was called, it spanned nearly half the width of the 50-foot-wide river and stood with the top of its body showing in the 12-foot-deep water. Its long neck swiveled its head in Javen's direction. Its nose was the size of Javen's head and was almost close enough for Javen to touch. He didn't. 
He also wasn't sure if he should stay flat on his stomach and wait the creature out, or jump to his feet and take his chances with an all-out sprint towards home. The creature lifted his head and snorted a lightning bolt into the blue afternoon sky. Staying put, Javen decided. If he was going to die by a bolt of electricity from the mouth of a monster, it wasn't going to be while running. Running was the one activity he hated most in life. He certainly didn't want that miserable feeling of forcing one foot in front of the other at an unnaturally fast pace to be his last memory. Silver Spike, stop staring the scaring the kid! The ground rumbled as a similar creature landed a few yards away from Javen. Only this one was smaller, spikeless, and sported round wings on its gray, scaly body. I don't trust him. Silver Spike splashed the water with his long, pointy tail. Something's wrong with his eyes. Really? Javen smacked the ground. Even these bizarre creatures know about my eyes. Why do I even bother with these color contacts anymore? No way! The land-based creature crouched to Javen's level. You can hear us? Of course. Javen cocked his head toward the creature, half expecting it to open its mouth and bite his head off. I mean, I can usually sense what animals are thinking. Can everybody? No. Oh. Javen gulped. Well, it is a little weird that I can understand you so clearly. That's definitely me. You can understand the dragons? The human voice of Kenton, who arrived on the back of Izzy, one of the ranch horses, joined the conversation. You can hear their thoughts? Javen winced. Like his bright green eyes, his way of communicating with animals made him a freak. So he preferred to keep his peculiar communication skills between him and the animals. It's no big deal. At least it wasn't until Kenton's description of the creature sunk in. Hold on. Javen rolled over and slowly stood. These things are dragons? Dragonstalkers, yes. Dragonstalkers? Are they stalking me? Do they want to eat me? Relax, kid. This here is Skylark, a noonstalker, Kenton said, pointing to the smaller dragon. And that is Silverspike, a midnight stalker. Skylark only eats around noon, and Silverspike only eats around midnight. It's just past four o'clock, so you're good. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Skylark chuckled and puffed a cloud of smoke in Javen's face. Sorry, she said. I tend to smoke when I laugh. It will make more sense once we get you to Xandador. To where? The land of Xandador. Where are you from? We had to hide you on Earth to protect you. Now that you're old enough to fight for the throne, you're needed. Of the throne? You want me to be a king or something? Exactly. I was joking. I'm not. Kenton, still sitting on the horse, crossed his arms. The current king needs to be overthrown. The only way to overthrow him is for a collector such as you to collect all four dragon stalkers by the end of the year. Dude, stop talking. The more you say, the crazier you sound. It only sounds crazy until you step through the portal and experience life in the dragon dimension for yourself. Portal? Dragon dimension? You need to be institutionalized. For the first time in his life, Javen actually wanted to run. But with Kenton in front of him, the dragons beside him, behind him, and Esmeralda approaching on horseback, he was stuck. Thanks for taking off without me, Kenton, she said as she trotted up on a calm storm. So glad we're in this together. You're riding Storm? Javen couldn't believe his eyes. Storm was letting someone else ride him, and he wasn't even fidgeting at the sight of two dragons. I'm the only one he ever lets ride him. Now we have something in common. Esmeralda gracefully slid off the back of the horse and walked up to Javen. I assume Kenton has told you by now why we need you back in Xandador? He mentioned something about overthrowing a rotten king by collecting dragons. As fun as that sounds, I think I'll pass. The people need you, Javen. The dragons need you. She put her hand on his shoulder. I need you. In that moment, he almost wanted her to be his mother. But she wasn't. 
They had the wrong kid. Look, he said, pulling her hand away from him. You've made a mistake. I'm not the guy you need. I'm only 15. I can't even make the starting lineup on my JV high school football team. There's no way I can take on an evil king and win. You people just need to go back to wherever you came from and leave me alone. Javen hopped on Storm's back, but Esmeralda grabbed Javen's ankle before he could ride away. Three days, she said. Come with us for three days. See the land. Meet the people. Then make your decision. If you choose to return, I'll bring you back myself and promise to never contact you again. Three days? Three days. Javen took a deep breath in and slowly exhaled. Having a tale of adventure to share at the start of school sure would help his in increase his cool factor, and he needed all the help he could get in that department. You promise to bring me back if I don't want to stay? Promise. Okay then, Javen said. I guess we're going to the land of Zandador. If you enjoyed today's Escape Break episode but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to authordkdrake.com. There you can become a DK Drake Insider, secure your free starter library, and access all the books from the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga that are available for sale on Amazon. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. <laughs>